You're listening to The Lively Show, episode number four. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to The Lively Show. Thank you guys so much for all of the love on Twitter, in blog posts, in Instagram. Thank you guys for sharing the love about The Lively Show. If you have a photo you'd like to send me, of your view while you're listening to The Lively Show, please do. I actually received a photo from Rwanda by Leanna May, who took a picture while she was on a hike and listening to The Lively Show. It was so beautiful, I couldn't help but share it, and I'd love to do the same for you. Please send me any photos you have from listening to The Lively Show at jess at with-intention.com. Today's episode is really awesome, guys. We're talking with Eric Williams of Words of Williams. He's written a awesome book called It's Your Money, What Will You Do With It?, which is now available on Amazon and details how he and his wife, Kelsey, have killed almost $40,000 in debt in under 23 months. He's also going to talk about the program that they use to help craft their debt-free plan and how they went about doing it. They're also going to talk about the biggest motivator for this plan of action, why they were doing it in the first place. Then Eric's going to talk about the one store they refused to go to while eliminating their debt, which (laughs) totally makes sense when you hear about it, as well as he's going to talk about the emotional toll that this plan took on them as a couple and the feedback, positive and negative, that they got from friends and family. He's also going to talk about their approach to New Year's and how they do that intentionally as a family, which is really awesome, and not specifically debt-related, as well as his recommendations for others that are just starting out in this process. If you're interested in learning how to talk to your spouse about finances, he's also going to cover that, and is going to talk about how to approach student loans after graduation, along with the tools he uses to budget himself. I want to say personally, I've read his book, It's Your Money, What Will You Do With It? And I was so inspired that I immediately sat Mr. Lively down that day and we went over finances and we have changed our course of action, paid off student loans, and are now saving very aggressively for a new home in the future. I'm so inspired by his story and I really highly recommend reading the book. In fact, he's even offered to give away 10 ebooks at the end of this show. So please listen in at the end for how you can enter to win one of the books. And if you don't win, I highly, highly recommend checking out the book. It'll just make you want to save money and to take control of your financial future. Let's go to the show. Thank you so much for being with me, Eric. It is so great to have you on The Lively Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Paint a picture of what it was like um, with you and Kelsey before you know you got into the finance world. Where were you guys in your lives? I like to, at least in my head, I, I think we were just a pretty average couple. Um, we graduated college. We got engaged our senior year. Um, started planning the wedding, which didn't really have to think about the finances there. Kind of everything was was taken care of for us, which was nice. But, you know, both got jobs recently after um, after graduating. And uh, this was, I guess, put some context to it. I guess it was in 2006 when we graduated college. Um, both had decent jobs, uh, making decent salaries, nothing spectacular. We're not, you know, surgeons or, you know, lawyers or anything like that to like, have huge amounts of income, um, just kind of normal office jobs. But we, we also just, nobody ever taught us how to handle money. So we just kind of, we just kind of spent, we didn't, we were not keeping track of it at all. Um, when you say spending, was it like crazy or how, how was it at that point? I know it's hard to describe because everyone's from a different place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say it was, it it wasn't over the top, but we just kind of had this feeling, which was not a a great feeling, but we just kind of knew how much we could spend every month. And, you know, we paid our bills. Um, We just kind of put everything on a credit card and just paid it off at the end of the month. So it was one good thing. I mean, we didn't have a lot of credit card debt other than, you know, month to month expenses. But one particular month we went over and it was kind of the the breaking point for us um it was kelsey's birthday and we we decided to to take a trip to kansas city and we're just like yeah it was just let's just spend some money and we just kind of went overboard 
we got back the next month and got our credit card bill. And I just had to, I was telling Kelsey, I was like, um, we don't have enough money to pay the credit card bill. And luckily we had the inkling enough to, to not just carry that forward and, you know, pay the credit card debt. So we dipped into our savings and paid that off. But then it was kind of a, just a turning point where we we're like, okay, like let's, what can we do to, to try to get a handle on this? So up until Kansas city, were you guys saving at that point or where was savings on your radar? We, uh, yeah, good question. We, uh, we had some savings kind of uh, carried over from, from college and things. And, um, as we combined, combined our finances, when we got married, we just kind of, we had a chunk of savings. I would say it was maybe like five or $6,000. Okay. But we were not actively saving. We didn't have that habit. Uh, we were, we were more just like, eh, we're fine. Like what could go wrong that we would need more than, you know, the money we already have. So we weren't spending out of it, but, but at that particular time when we kind of came back from that trip, we were like, oh, that does not feel good. So that was the, that was the turning points. All right. So you're in a situation, you're like, oh crap, we have this credit card bill to pay. We're gonna have to use our savings. What really sparked the decision to act? Was it just the credit card bill alone? Or how did you know what to do once you really had the motivation to change? Well, it, it kind of fell into our laps in a way. Um, I, I had kind of wanted to, I'm kind of a nerd, so I, I like spreadsheets and, and things like that. So I had kind of nudged a little bit to Kelsey, like, hey, we should like look at our finances together and come up with a budget and, you know, try to get things on track. I'm also not a very <laughs> persuasive or strong-willed guy, so I don't know how she ever, how I ever convinced her to marry me, but... Um, <laughs> I, I've, well, it's on your blog for the, for the yeah. record. I, if anyone wants to see, you can see how Eric wooed yeah. Kelsey over on words, wordsofwilliams.com. It's a long story. But, you know, she she really hadn't had no interest in it. It sounded very boring to her, not necessary. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not the most fun thing. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we must be fine. So we just kind of kept rolling along. Okay, so she br- you bring it up and you're like, hey, Kelsey, but you kind of do it yeah. in this way that's not very exciting for her. So she's like, yeah, that's great. And then doesn't do anything about it. Right, yeah. That's exactly, honestly, that's rather similar to Mr. Lively and myself. And yeah, um, yeah when I read your book, so obviously um, for those who are listening, I've read Eric's book and asked him on the show, not only because I've followed him and Kelsey through their blog, but have really enjoyed the book. And when Eric shared it with me, I read it and related a lot to you and Kelsey and your dynamic. And um, I really got much more serious about it because I was so inspired by your story. <laughs> so anyways, I can, we've had those kind of like half conversations where it's kind of brought up too. I can, I can relate to, let's bring up the topic of finance, but not necessarily really act on it in a way that's going to get a lot of progress. So what got you to the part where Kelsey's invested in this too? Cause it has to be both people in order for it to work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and that's the thing, and I, I don't know. Like I said, we just kind of stumbled upon it. We were, we were at church, and they just had an advertisement for uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University class, and that was it. At that point, it became her idea. Ah, okay. <laughs> and as most things go in our relationship, that's 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 when we started to take action, and and she would say the same. But yeah, she was like, you know, again, it was right after the whole Kansas City trip fiasco. So, so she was like, you know, maybe we should do that. And, and I don't know, maybe it was a, a, a male ego thing, but I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we could figure it out on our own, but I kind of went with it and was like, all right, let's, you know, let's give it a try. And um, see what happens. It was a, a 12 week course, uh, I'm sorry, 13 week week course and um, taught basically through video DVDs and, and things. But uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So he, um, he kind of, they basically videotape this course. So he's teaching in front of a live audience. And so it's, it's somewhat interactive. And, but yeah, basically we, we just went to our church and they, a lot of uh, different places offer it throughout the country. And, and I believe on his website, you can actually 
just put in your zip code, it'll show you the classes near you. But um, it basically put in the DVD, it goes through a certain topic on personal finance every week. And then at the end of it, typically there's like mentors there that, that can kind of help help you answer further questions and things. Okay, so you're not doing it on your own. You're doing this with a group of live people, though you're watching right. a taped thing. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Why do you so, think that is? I'm out of curiosity. Why don't they just let it be shipped directly to people to do on their own? Do you think there's a reason? Well, you can do that. Like, there's like a home study, um, and also I think you can just do it right on your computer now. But I think the idea is that you get people together so that you can kind of work through issues together and kind of that little small community um, idea. And it did really help us. We actually had randomly, we didn't know they were going to be there, but another couple that we knew, we sat next to each other. And so we, which can get kind of dicey when you're talking personal finance, but we were all just kind of open and, and we're able to work through kind of the the hiccups and things that we had as we were kind of putting together our, you know, get out of debt plans. Uh, so it, it really did help. And then the mentors that were there, that the people that had been there before, they were hugely instrumental in how successful we were. Cause I think we would have given up without a little further direction than just hearing Dave Ramsey talk like, like on a video. So it was good. Basically what you're saying is by all intents and purposes, this could have been a a failure situation, you know, start it, it's a great idea, but that, that group mentality, or yeah. not mentality, but the group dynamic really helped you. So what did you guys, now let's put the rubber to the road, what did you guys actually change in your lives? Yeah, so going through the class, I mean, he, Dave Ramsey is very um, anti-debt and and it really just motivated us to, and kind of put us in that mindset of like, yeah, like if, if you can get rid of all your debt, just realize all the all the other things you can do with that money and just a quick test is is just add up the payments that you have every month going toward debt and then think about the things that you could or would want to do with that money instead and for us it was kind of we were young and just getting kind of mad about the debt we had what's the debt looking like at that point yeah so we we had made some <laughs> poor financial decisions uh, out of college. Kelsey didn't have any um, student loan debt, but I I did. I think it was around $20,000 or so, maybe $25,000. Uh, when we started the, the journey, we had just under $40,000 of debt. A lot of that was a, a car loan, student loan debt, and just like that one kind of a one month of, of a credit card. So, so yeah, about, about $40,000 in debt. Um, it's pretty substantial. How quickly did you pay that debt off? We, we buckled down and we, we paid it off in 23 months. That's what I think is so insane. And I know a lot of people are wondering, are you guys just millionaires and just paid it down <laughs> or how, like, how did that look? Like that's yeah. a huge amount of money to pay off in 23 months. Obviously, we're going to go into the details of that, but was it something that was easy because of your income? Because really, it depends on the debt is only relative to what you're bringing in. Sure. I mean, yeah, there were things, there were little tweaks that that we certainly made along the way. Um, The first kind of six months where we were paying off our debt, we were scraping by. So kind of with Dave Ramsey's plan, he, he suggests no matter what you have in your savings, and obviously there's a lot of debate back and forth on this to take your savings down to a thousand dollars as as what he calls a baby emergency fund so that really it kind of helps motivate you to get out of debt faster so that you can build that you know emergency fund or your savings back up um we didn't do that at first because we were kind of nervous about it and then a month or two in we were like you know if we took that $5,000 that we had in our savings account and could pay off some of these student loan debts, you know, that would really propel us forward. It's called a debt snowball is, is the method that we used um, to pay off our debts. So list out all of your debts from smallest to largest. And, and the idea being you're going to pay off the smallest one first. You're not concerned about interest rate at all. You're just looking at the smallest one. And the idea there and how it snowballs is you want that emotional win. It's it's not mathematical at all in how you order them. It's it's pure 
pure emotion. So when you pay off the first debt, you get that feeling of like a yes, I you know I did that. Especially if you're in a situation where you know credit card companies are calling you, you're getting behind on payments and things. One less person calling you a month is huge in just how how you feel about the progress you're making. So that's the idea behind the debt snowball. Halfway through, we we kind of changed things up because it was still an emotional decision, but the uh, the car loan that we had was actually through Kelsey's dad. And it doesn't always feel good when you have to owe family money. He didn't hang it over our heads or anything. It was it was simply kind of a a step for us toward feeling more grown up and and saying like, no, we're gonna we're gonna jump uh, the car loan to the front of the line and we're gonna pay that off because we just that's just something we want to do. So I just wanted to backtrack because we're kind of getting into debt payments, but where is the money coming from? So obviously it's coming from your incomes, correct? How did you guys navigate that? And also I want to touch on, did you have house debt at that time? Right. So we did, uh, again, back to the kind of context and the timeline, we were married in 2006. We bought a house in April of 2007. So right before kind of the whole housing market collapsed. We were totally in that whole subprime mortgage. Uh, They gave us more house than we could probably really afford. So our house payment was quite a bit at that time. I think it was like, you know, the recommended percentage, I think, of uh, house payment to to what your income is, is is like 25%. And ours was up around 38% of our income. So it's not like we're, you know, living in a hole, renting somewhere. Um, I mean, and when we bought, we bought a new house. I mean, this is, this kind of goes back to all the mistakes we made, but, but yeah, so we, we were in a new house. Does that count as debt in the Dave Ramsey world or? Not, not in the, in, not in the snowball. Um, so when you're, when you're, when we say we paid off our debt, um, it's kind of, it's consumer debt. So credit cards, car loans. Yeah. He, he does view, um, a house or, or, you know, a mortgage as uh, more of an investment. So I know from reading the book that you did a few things to increase your income during this time as well, correct? Yeah. One thing I decided to do about six months in was to, to get a second job. Um, I had worked at, uh, through college, through the school year, I worked at a, a food distribution warehouse, um, kind of just driving a forklift around. Um, it was very mindless work, but it paid pretty well. So I just, you know, I still had kind of a, at least the, uh, the management there still knew me. So I, I figured it wouldn't take much to, to just take much effort to, to give them a call and see if they, they needed some part-time help. I think that's a pretty bold move. And honestly, I think that's something that a lot of us that might have debt would put maybe some casual thought towards, but I think that's a pretty you know, serious indication of where you guys really were, you know, is it just the class alone that motivated you to, and, you know, this, like this idea of, I don't want to, you know, have to use my savings for the credit card that really, you know, that's a pretty bold move to take on a second job. I think that's something that a lot of people might hear and not necessarily either already be doing because they're really serious about it or say, Oh, I, I can't do that. Or I'm too tired or I work too much already. What went into that decision? So kind of along the motivation line was basically, uh, sort of a sort of a timeline of when we felt like we wanted to start a family, knowing that was kind of a few few years down the road. It was kind of the big motivator. Um, I know Kelsey's dad when she was young, like before she was five, would work all day, come home, have family time, put the kids to bed, and he would go work another job just to make ends meet. I mean, he's doing doing very well. He gave us the loan for the car, right? So he's, <laughs> he's in a very different spot now, but, um, you know, hearing him tell stories of that and just kind of thinking through that of like, man, do I want to have this finance mess? Like, you know, when we do decide to have kids. So for me, it was like a kind of do this now so I don't have to do a later thing. Okay. So while you're driving that forklift around, <laughs> you're thinking like, Rooney, who's not yet born or conceived yet, is part of that motivating factor for the 23 months. Yeah. Do you think if you didn't have that mentality that you would have still taken on the second job or tried to pay it down as quickly 
And was there a magic number to 23 months? Was that what you guys were intending? I know as it went, it went a lot quicker than we had planned out. Really? Yeah. So that's good news, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And part of that was kind of the kind of that snowball mentality. It's like as once you get rolling, it just keeps rolling bigger and faster and, and you get momentum and you gain steam and you just uh, keep going and going and going. So after that kind of six months, I was like, man, I could get a second job and we could cut this many months off, you know, of our debt payments, um, just get us that much closer. After six months of working on this, that's when you took the second job. So this wasn't like right from the first meeting, you go stroll in and you're like, I'm going to take a second job and we're going to have a kid. What was the original timeline then before taking on the second job? Yeah. And I wish I had that number. I'm not exactly sure. I, I remember as we went through the process, like it would be kind of every couple months we'd, we'd do another calculation, be like, oh, hey, we cut a month off. And it was kind of cool um, to see it that way. But it was probably something like 30 to 36 months you know, if we would have just kind of stayed status quo. That's really fascinating. So what else? Okay, so you take on a second job. How did you guys adjust your lifestyle to also put more money towards the debt? Um, we just, it, it was basically just, and I think you'll love this, just basically being intentional about what we were spending money on. What was your intentional meter? Um, food was a big thing for us. Well, it still is, but, um, you know, eating out, we, we just never having parameters on how much money you were spending on food um, makes it really easy to rack up a huge amount of a food budget every month. So Food is huge. Yeah, I think, I mean, to put some numbers on it, I, I know when we first looked at it, we were spending over $700 a month on food just for two people, a lot of that being eating out. And I know during the time when we were paying off our debt, we cut it back to around three fifty. dollars a month. And so a lot of that was being frugal. <laughs> but like you said, a lot of it is kind of where you're at, um, it, what life state, I mean, kind of what your what your motivations are. Um, and one thing that I, that I hesitate telling people that is because our food budget now is $600 a month. And yes, we've added a, a toddler who can sometimes out eat me, which is <laughs> just shocking in some respects. But um, yeah. Uh, part of that too is, is, you know, we do have an emergency fund. We don't have any debt. Yeah. You're allowed to spend your money and that's an intention. No, don't apologize. I don't think there's any reason to, we need to support each other and encourage, not tear down. So no, I think that's <laughs> totally fine. And you're doing it responsibly. That's your intention. Yeah. Okay. So at the time though, you dropped your spending for your food to 350, which I'm completely in awe of. Okay. So what else did you adjust? Um, you know, I'm not even sure. I don't even think it was during that time. I think it was after we paid off our debt. We we did cancel our cable, which would have saved us quite a bit. Um, was it just in general, just no real shopping or like any other expenses besides food? Right. If you can avoid Target, I think that is <laughs> that's key to to any budget savings. And and that is something we did. Uh, we didn't really have any reason to go to Target, but we had been going and spending. You know. A hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars there. Yeah, it's always a hundred. It is right, and yeah. And then you come home, and I mean, if you really looked around and be like, "What did I get at Target in the last month?" I mean, you don't really know. So it just kind of steals your money. So now that we have a baby, Target's kind of you know a, a good place for for uh, for baby supplies, but. Uh, so that's, that's fascinating. I, again, so you take on this extra job, which is a pretty dramatic step. You avoid going to places where you. Feel like your money's not going the distance. Were you guys shopping for yourselves at all? Was there any, you know, Kelsey's a fashion blogger as well. So, how did like personal spending get adjusted in this time? We cut that in half. Um, it was about $80 a month. And that kind of covered, we, we split that. And so, Kelsey would get $80 and I would get $80. And that was kind of our clothing money. And, you know, hey, I want to go out with my friends money so we could spend that however we want but that was kind of all we had but when we started to buckle down we did cut that in half so that we ended up saving you know 80 bucks a month there um and actually that's we still have our personal budget set at that so that's kind of that's something that's stuck around but do you remember how much you were putting towards your debt um yeah i think you know it, it, it did fluctuate just depending on 
kind of certain things that, that came up. Um, things were up and down, but it was kind of between, I think, 1200 and uh, sometimes $2,000 a month that we were just, you know, putting toward debt. So it was, uh, it was uh, a, lot of, a lot of fun. And was it fun? No, it was fun to be done. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the emotional, you know, side of this equation for you two as you're, you know, making these changes, you're working on your snowball, you're cutting your budgets for different parts of your, you know, your finances and you're taking on that second job. How is it emotionally for you guys as a couple? Yeah, it was um it was kind of hard um when I decided to uh to take the second job and actually was going to start working and we were talking about it um the fact that you know I was going to be gone a couple nights a week um what was Kelsey going to do while I was gone um I think I would be having that conversation too <laughs> yeah we like was and it wasn't like a you better be doing something like it was more just like we just love spending time together and so it was just going to be tough to like be apart but we knew that the reason was very important to us so uh, but we you know we got a, we did get emotional and we we started crying about it like it was like oh this is kind of sad but then thinking to well when all this debt is gone it's like we're going to feel so much better we're going to have that sense of you know fi- financial security and and kind of be on our way down a path that that's going to be going to be really good so it was tough i mean there's if, if i could tell a quick story um Kelsey's sister has uh, twins, and they, I think it was their second birthday while I was working my second job, they had a birthday party, and I actually had to work uh, my second job. And, you know, it was, I think it was around uh, Memorial Day is kind of when their birthday is, but I had to work. It was just kind of this mandatory thing, and part of me is like, whatever, this is my second job. Like, they can fire me or whatever. And then it was like, no, it's like, that's good money, like because they would pay time and a half and stuff, and it's like okay. And we just Kelsey and I had the conversation of, well, you know, I'm doing this now. I'm you know making these sacrifices now so that I don't have to miss my own kids' birthday parties and and things that I want to want to be at. So um, that was kind of another midpoint where we were like, it was a good rally rally time. We we're like, all right, yep, let's keep doing this. Like this is good and. Um, so we just kept plugging away, but, um, but it was tough. Yeah. Did you guys ever want to give up? Yeah. I mean, and I think that's one important lesson that, that we learned. I mean, it's always good to have, you know, goals and be striving towards something great and, um, you know, definitely be intentional about what you're doing, but it's also important to kind of celebrate the, the little victories as well. One thing we did while we were just so people know we're human, we're not anything extraordinary. Um, while we were paying off our debt, I mean, we we ended up deciding to buy iPhones, which was um, just kind of something we wanted. It was kind of a uh, it was kind of something we felt like we needed to do, and just to, to like keep going. But um, but you know that sacrifice of you know the whatever it was four hundred dollars for the phones, and then the added monthly payment was was kind of a little milestone celebration for us that that we uh we took and you know some people scoffed at us too <laughs> i mean but we're like hey we're doing good th- like we're doing we've paid off a lot of debt like we're still going it's just we're going to take just this little break because we want these phones and then we'll get back to work you know like so i mean but you're always going to have those people that you know question your decisions um no matter what they are so really they weren't seeing all of the strides you were making, like your test second job and everything else that you had done to say, my gosh. Well, yeah. Were these people that were also trying to work on their debt or were they people that just were around you that knew you were working on it? Yeah, just, you know, people, people that are around us. I mean, and it, it's, I, I make it probably sound a little more dramatic than it was, but it's just like you get these random comments and you're just like, yeah, that's okay. Like you can think what you want. Like, you know, we're this is what we're doing and it's, and we've got a plan and we're, we feel good about where we are. So speaking of resistance, did you have anybody that got down on you for actually making the changes and going after the debt so aggressively? Not, not a whole lot. I mean, you know, there's, there was things we had to, or we just, we felt like we needed to say no to, and it wasn't a, a ton of things, but, you know, kind of spur of the moment, unplanned, 
friends wanting to go out to eat, things like that. It was kind of hard and sort of embarrassing to be like, hey, no, like it's not in the budget this month. Yeah. Now we're completely on the other side of that. And it's, you know, we can say yes to those things a lot more. I mean, obviously we still have limits, but that is a, that is a good good part of it um the debt snowball in it in itself and uh, again back to like the controversy on it some people be like well you should totally pay off your higher interest loans first and if you have the discipline and and the focus and the motivation to do that i mean that's completely fine and, and yes it makes more mathematical sense but when you're talking the difference in interest you're going to be paying over a 23 month period it's more important to to make sure that you follow through and and finish your plan than worry about pennies of interest you know it, i don't know if that makes sense but um like you a lot of people will will say well that's silly that kelsey's dad was one of them was why are you paying me for this jeep loan that is 0% interest and we're like dude i know it doesn't make any sense but we don't want to owe you money. Like, it just doesn't feel right. Here's here's your money. <laughs> yeah, it was an intuitive decision. Yeah, you know, it was a conscious, you know, decision that we made. And yeah, emotionally, it was the the interest you didn't want to pay. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Okay, so after the twenty three months of getting through it, how has it influenced your other behaviors in your life? Has this, you know, shaped you guys at all as people? Because not so much the debt itself, but the discipline it took to get through and be so dedicated. I can only imagine that that's probably affected and bled into other areas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I probably don't think about that enough, but it's. I think it definitely has. Um, interestingly enough, after we paid off our debt and was when we started blogging, Kelsey started a flash fashion blog and we started the um, Words of Williams almost as a way or it has become a way of kind of giving back and sharing our story. And we just feel like so many people just don't even know that you can have control of your money and that you can you can get out of debt and you can, you know, save for things. You don't have to put everything on a credit card. Just these things that kind of the world tells you all the time. And you're constantly beat over the head with these marketing, you know, advertisements and things of, of credit cards and all that, which credit cards can be useful, but it's more just like the spending and the consumerism aspect. So we just, we just, want to share our story humbly. I mean, we've made a lot of mistakes over the years, so and we share those as well, but just just want to give hope to people that, you know, there is a different way. I mean, if you if you want to want to take control of your personal finances, um there's a way to do it and hopefully we can help. Beyond blogging, has it affected any other areas? Yeah, I think I think just being intentional um in general you know, money controls so much of what we do. Um, so it certainly bleeds over into kind of the things we decide to spend our money on. Um, but I think time is also a big factor that, that just kind of almost goes in hand in hand where we intentionally, we do better at intentionally spending our time nowadays. How so? I, I feel like before we would have or we did say just say yes to a lot of things just to say yes or because we didn't want to have to say no um you know activities of of part of it's just season of life but you know we used to we used to have like something going on every night of the week between rec volleyball leagues and softball leagues and and kind of doing things with friends and stuff and then just just to be more intentional like you know what no like we need a night at home and and kind of keeping uh budgeting our time, uh, you know, so that we have kind of a, a better rhythm to, to our life or our, our kind of our week. Oh, I love that. Awesome. So time and blogging have kind of been big benefits that have come out of this journey that you've taken. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit as we kind of get towards the end about your approach for 2014. Yes, we, um, actually Kelsey and I have a annual meeting every year of family kind of annual meeting where we kind of recap the year and try to look ahead as best we can to to figure out kind of what what intentions and goals do we want to set for the year love it um, it's also yeah it's also when we do our uh 
kind of annual budgeting too. So things we know, expenses that we know that are coming up for the year, we'll put those on paper. Um, and if I guess if I could give a little tactical takeaway, um, is, you know, coming off of Christmas and the holidays, uh, you know, that's coming up next year. So you can just put that in your budget. Um, you know, for next year. Yeah. And so we just simply take, you know, how much we want to spend on Christmas next year, divide it by 12 months or even better yet, divide it by 11 months so that you have the money starting November, November 1st. Smart. Oh, I love that tip. Yeah. And so then you can, then you can start Christmas shopping and you don't have to worry about it. So we do things like that and plan for vacation and, you know, Rooney, Rooney's birthday party coming up in March. And, um, I've also got a uh, my thirtieth birthday coming up in March as well. So, congrats! We're kind I'm, of, I'm in October. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're. I mean, just planning kind of those things out. But is there any personal things you are working on in your life in 2014? Me. Um, yeah, we're actually hoping to um, launch sort of some some sort of budget consulting or coaching that we can we can help others. Uh, on a more individual level, I love that 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 need it. Um, obviously, Financial Peace University and and courses like that are a great starting point. Um, but we know, having talked to lots of people, is sometimes you need just that kind of one on one kind of deep dive look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a personal trainer for your finances. No, I think that's amazing. Getting help in the areas where you need help is really awesome. Okay, here's another question then for you. When you are starting this, I know this is kind of going back, but I just think this is these are the next two questions are two important questions for me to ask everyone that I interview because I think it's it's so great to see, you know, you guys made these changes. Some of them were more dramatic than others, but you guys were consistent and even beat your end goal and getting rid of this debt. But what are the doubts or resistance that you had when you faced this decision? And what doubts or resistance did you face through the process? I know you're a really humble guy and you just kind of say it like it is, but that's not an easy thing to do. What what did it look like for you? I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people can relate to, but also can see that, you know, you made it past that doubt or resistance. Yeah. Um, man, it, it, you know, what's tough is I think back to kind of some of those nights working at the warehouse and eating cold meat sandwiches for, for both lunch and dinner on those days. Yeah. There were some days you just want to give up, um, or just hang it up, you know? Yeah. Um, cause you could have kept paying it off at a lower rate or, you know, at a slower pace or something like that. I mean, those were definitely the doubts that the doubts that we faced and, and, the the thoughts of well it might just take a little longer but that would be okay and I, I guess just the more you push through the the stronger those discipline muscles get and um, we did just keep going. Um, what did you tell your brain when you hear that thought from your ego? What did what did you respond with mentally? Oh, I think I think it was important to just bring it back to like our main goal, which was starting a family and being debt free when we did that. Yeah. Um, your why. Yeah. Just coming back to that why and, and keeping that in focus, which is not always easy. And, you know, especially as you, again, as those doubts creep in that it's tough, but, um, if you can always keep that front and center, hopefully that's enough to, to push you through. If not, you probably need to need to look at that why again and and maybe find something that's that's a little deeper that can that can help take you there. Yeah. So Rooney got you there. Yep, she did. Oh, that's awesome. She did not even know her at that <laughs> time, but she is she is she is awesome and I'm Is it is it what you thought it would be? You know, cuz now you're here. You have your daughter, you have no debt. Like is it what you were hoping it to be? Yeah, well, I no. I mean, <laughs> it's great. But man, having a baby is like it was tough for us. Um the first the first few months were were pretty tough, but it's been it's been awesome once we got through kind of the the infant baby baby stage. Um, as far as how having a child and being debt free that 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 combo is it what you were hoping it to be? Just out of curiosity, because that was your why. Did it turn out? I think it did totally. Um, it's it's hard to know, but you know, as I hear kind of stories of things, um, friends losing their jobs and having a baby 
and stuff. I, I just can't imagine going through that um, without kind of the security buffer that that we have. Obviously, life circumstances are you know you, you can't predict them, and and things things can happen at any time. But we we feel that security from the work we've done uh, to to pay off our debt and build up our savings. So Yeah, and if anything, that just makes you stronger for anything that does come your way because you know you can do something challenging, especially if you can take the action that you want to take under uh, circumstances that aren't, like you've built that muscle even when you didn't need it, now you have it yeah, for right. when or if anything does become you know seriously challenging. So what would you tell someone that's listening who's just starting on this journey, maybe they're in 2014 or a little later in the year, listening to this podcast, and they're kind of contemplating this idea of really getting serious about the debt? What would you tell them? <laughs> um, well, you know, make a plan um, and and find that why and stick to it and find creative ways. Where would you suggest, here's a question, where would you suggest them to go find the plan? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could start by, you could start by reading, reading our story. Reading our book. <laughs> hey, honestly, I have to say, I am serious about this now because of the yeah. book. I think your story is so, it wasn't so much the plan itself that you had laid out, but the story and just hearing that it's possible, yeah. I think is inc- incredibly inspirational. Yeah. And I would say continue to seek, you know, seek help if you need it. A book might do it for you. Um, Financial Peace University might work as well um just keep finding the the resources and that help you learn best i think that that was one thing that for kelsey and i we discovered through that process was that that's the kind of format that we learn best together so if it's something that you're definitely gonna try to do together which is one of the biggest questions we get is how do i get my spouse to Talk to me about finances. You know, if you can do, if you can figure out how you guys work best together and kind of find a format that, that would work in that, uh, if, if you're trying to, trying to figure out your, your personal finance, that's going to be, that's going to be best for you. So. How do you recommend them having that conversation when you tell people? Cause I think that could be something that a lot of people are thinking about. How do I bring this up with my partner? Right. Um, <laughs> it's so hard. I feel like it's such an individualized question. Like you have to really know your spouse, but I, I would say I would never bring it up in like an argument type of situation, but just tell them you want to talk about something. Um, and I guess I would first ask like, when, when would be a good time to do that so that they're prepared to have a conversation? You know, if, if, uh, they're in the middle of doing something and you're just like, Hey, I want to talk about personal finances. That's, that's probably not the best approach. They're probably going to be turned off by that right away. But if it's more of a, Hey, I want to talk, talk about personal finances. When do you want to do that? Um, oh, that's great. Or even talking about the why, right? Cause you want the emotional buy-in to help them move them along. So maybe you guys have a conversation about why this is important before you discuss the how. Yeah. And I think that's important too, is, is, before you look at all the negatives or all the mistakes you've made is to think about the future and think about your goals and intentions with your life and your, uh, you know, your careers and, and just the, the big goals, the big bucket list items that you guys want to accomplish and then step back from there and be like, okay, well, how do we get there? And, you know, kind of work backwards sometimes that, that was kind of helpful for us too. Yeah, begin with the end in mind. I love it. Okay, so now let's move on to three reader questions really quickly as we wrap up. So Amanda asks, what's the best way to approach paying student loans after graduation? She's just graduating, by the way, in May. So how much of her income should go towards the loans, savings, et cetera? And is there anything you recommend that she does now that could be a creative way to lessen her debt? Yeah, so I I I think you're in a great spot because you're you're asking good questions coming up on graduation. You're already anticipating that you're going to have to pay off these loans. Obviously, uh, most student loans, you've got like a six month grace period, which is fine. I would say, you know, focus on getting a job, you know, and, and getting, getting income. It kind of sounds like by the question that she may already have that figured out, but in terms of how much to put toward the debt, I would say as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say keep your 
living expenses as minimal as you can. Um, it's It was just this trap that we got into right after college that if I could go back and tell myself something, it would be like, just keep your expenses low until you, till you get out of debt. It would be so much easier to do, um, you know, in a $600 apartment versus a, um, $1,800, you know, mortgage payment with taxes and everything else that comes with, you know, that comes with, uh, owning a home. So I would say keep your expenses low. As far as savings, you know, again, back to what we did, we, we kind of took it down to that thousand dollars in our savings. I know a lot of people aren't comfortable with that, but it really does help motivate, keep you motivated to get out of debt quicker. Um, so in something, I mean, emergency situation too, if you're in terms of what we were looking at is we had a thousand dollars in our savings account, but we also had freed up about, you know, 1200 to $2,000 a month, um, that we were paying toward debt. So worse come to worse, like we had kind of in a bad month with, if something happened, we could put a stop to our debt payments, you know, for a month, just pay the minimums and then use that extra money to kind of help, you know, alleviate that emergency or whatever happened. So something to think about too. Um, you know, I guess, obviously there's all sorts of blogs and things out there with frugal tips and that, I mean, if, if you're into that, that's cool. Um, go for it. We really don't think of ourselves as frugal people very much. I mean, we did make sacrifices, but we probably could have done a lot more, but we just did what was comfortable for us. Um, and then let's see the last part of the question. Creative ways to lessen debt. Yeah. So, you know, kind of as we look back now, I mean, there's, I guess I would say, if you want to earn some side income, just figure out what you really love to do and, and find a way to get paid to do it. That's kind of where we're at with the blogging and, and kind of sharing our story and writing a book. I mean, we do those things to help people, but at the same time, you know, there's ways to earn money from from that as well. So, you know, that's kind of our way of, of making a little side income now. Um, I'm sure the next generation, they're, <laughs> they're super tech savvy. So, you know, starting a blog doesn't, doesn't take a whole lot. There's tons of information out there to, to kind of help you get started. That's a great idea. So basically, to, go, to summarize, don't raise your expenses after college. So keep it lean and keep it light. And then put the extra money you're making towards the loans and savings. And then also find ways to do things you love that increase your income that you can put towards the debt as well. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. So let's go on to B. Rogers. He or she asks, what resources do you recommend to become debt-free, i.e. what payoff method, budget worksheets, or templates do you track progress with, etc.? Very nice. Um, yeah, we... We used, uh, we just have a, a budget spreadsheet that, that was actually put together by the mentors we had in our Financial Peace University course. Um, they, and we actually have this on our, on our website now. You can um, sign up for our newsletter and you get it for free. Awesome. But it's, it's, it's a budget. It works. Um, there's a tutorial on there, how, how you can use it. That worked for us for, obviously, it helped us pay off our debts and got us to where we are. Um, this year, we actually started using a budgeting software. Um, it's called You Need a Budget, which is actually, it, it's pretty cool. Um, they're a pretty cool brand. I've got to know the, the people over there um, fairly well, but we, we use that now. Uh, anything will really work as long as you're keeping track. Um, some people do it with pencil and paper. We find we found that extremely exhausting. So, um, those are a few options in terms of budget. Um, what we f- we found a website. It's called whatsthecost.com. Um, we used that while we were working our debt snowball, and because it has a, a like a debt snowball calculator where you put in all your debts and the interest, and it'll calculate your payoff date for all of them. Oh, is that how you guys always knew when you were going to end? Okay. I was wondering how you guys like found that calculation so easily. I was like, man, I don't, I don't even know how you'd figure that out. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we used that and we were always kind of, that was kind of our motivator is to make our payments every month and then go in and look at that and see, see how things change or, 
you can play with the numbers too and say, well, what happens if I do this? And then it'll spit out a new end date and um, it's kind of helpful to, to kind of stay motivated or to think through ways to, to get out of debt faster. Okay. One last question. Kristen asks, I have a hefty amount to pay off and most are private loans. Um, she's also talking about student loans as well. So government consolidation programs are out of the question for her. Are there any other programs or options out there or is there a more efficient plan of attack in order to conquer the debt? Um, that's a good question. I, we don't really have any experience with, with sort of programs or refinancing options. Um, the only ref, like student loan refinancing we did was consolidating while I was still in school. Um, so I'm really not sure I can I can answer that other than would the snowball be helpful? Yeah, I mean, yeah, other than just doing the hard work and you know putting it into into like a, a debt snowball and, and working it from there. But it sounds like she has well hefty amounts to pay off. I, I guess if. I had, when my student loans ended up being broken out, it was like six different loans. And so some of them were like $8 a month. I mean, so yeah, super easy just to pay the minimum for 20 years or whatever. But it was also a nice one to kind of chop off, you know, uh, pay it off early on too as kind of one of those quick wins. So um, I would say throw those into a debt snowball and, and then see where you're at and make a plan of attack from there. Oh, that sounds awesome. Eric, thank you so much. This has been incredible. I know you're a really humble guy, so you kind of make it sound like it's no big deal, but it really <laughs> is. And I think it's really inspirational. And I think the book, especially as you read their story and you know Kelsey's point of view is shared a lot, obviously more than we've discussed it, having that dual you know, partner situation as well throughout this. I think it's really helpful. And like I said, it totally got me to take this much more seriously. And Mr. Livey was thrilled because he was always kind of wanting to be more proactive about it. And I, you know, we had kind of created our little loose plan and it just wasn't getting as far as it should have with all things considered. And now we're much more aware and we're both on, I think we both have our why established. So I hope this is really helpful for you as you're listening and that it helps you kind of take your finances to a new level. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks, Jess. And there you have it. That is an awesome episode filled with tons of advice for you guys on how to take your financial future into your own hands. Now I'd like to talk about how to win one of the 10 It's Your Money, What Will You Do With It books that Eric has so generously offered to give away. As you know, I've been asking for reviews on iTunes to help The Lively Show get seen by more people directly from iTunes that may not know about me from the blog world. So Eric has agreed that it would be awesome for you guys to go subscribe to The Lively Show and leave a review on iTunes. After you've done that, please come back to JessLively.com and enter a comment on this post for this episode. At the end of next week, we're going to pick the 10 winners based on those people that have commented. This is on our system, obviously, but we really encourage you to have integrity, you know, subscribe, leave a review, and let us know that you did so on the comment section. Thank you guys so much, and please check out Eric on wordsofwilliams.com. Have a great day. Bye.